There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense. Like we're the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome to another edition of NFL Friday, courtesy of WFUV Sports. Along with Bridge Gotham and Joe Masters, I'm Colin Lochran. Thrilled to be with you. Guys, I would say it is a great Friday, unless you're a New York Giants fan, the G-Men dropping last night's Thursday night contest to the 49ers by a final score of 30-12. to 12. We'll get into that. We'll get into what the Jets have coming up this weekend against the Pats. We'll make our picks. It's going to be a fun show, guys. It's going to be a great show. And again, like Friday afternoon, I think for everyone, is the best time of the week. You're done with work. You're heading into the weekend. But again, if you're a Giants fan, you're not feeling so great. We're going to talk about all that and more. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about, especially after last night's game. So I'm very excited to get into it. I want to break down this Giants game specifically. I was thinking about it all morning. They hung tight. I'll put it to you that way. I was surprised that it was even as close as it was, to tell you the truth. It was 17-12 to 12 at one point in the game. The G-Men looked like they had a chance to take the cake, beat one of the best teams in the NFL. Some would say the best roster in the NFL. But at the end of the day, you can't have a- an offense that's that anemic and expect to win the football game. No, not at all. I mean, my main takeaway from the first half is kind of what you said, Colin. The Giants, they hung with the 49ers. What killed the Giants were on defense. You know, they'd play good defense first and second down, but you'd get into these third and long situations, and then they'd concede. It'd be third and 12, they give it up. It'd be a screen pass to McCaffrey, to Debo. You name it, the Niners would figure out a way to move that ball down the field, and they'd ultimately punch it in. Whereas the Giants on their end, on offense, like you said, Daniel Jones for the whole game only threw for 137 yards. You can't win a football game throwing for 137 yards. Not usually, right? you got to have a strong run game. Let's talk about their run game. Matt Breida, four carries for 17 yards, yes, and a touchdown. But, like, come on, let's be honest. If you're only throwing for 137 yards and you're leading rusher 17 yards on the ground, I mean, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I I was busy later that earlier that night. WFV in a real basketball game. Caught the W. Just want to shout that out. Shout out Julian Moss. Walking back. I check my phone. I'm expecting it to be over already, to be honest. It's around 9 o'clock. It's only 3-3. Mm-hmm. to three. Yeah. First quarter, it's a tie oh, yeah. game. I'm like, okay, the Giants are in this. But then I turn on the TV. I watch the rest of the game. And like you talked about, Bridget, it's just crucial third downs. Mm-hmm. You can't get off the field. That is, I, I think, maybe outside of a holding penalty, and we'll get into the penalties because it killed the Giants as yep. well. I think when you give up a long third down, that is one of the most demoralizing things you can experience as a fan, as a team, as a player, because you're so close. And the Giants were so close on so many of these drives to getting the 49ers off the field, and they just completely got dominated in the in the time of possession field. And, 
yeah, I mean, you can't play like that against a team like the 49ers, a team that's so good. You have to take advantage of every opportunity you have. Obviously, the elephant in the room is that Saquon Barkley did not play in this game, and it matters. And Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Giants, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Colin. I, I, I would like to think that good running sets up great passing and things of this sort. Without Barkley, the Giants' offense had no setup guy, is the way that I would put it to you. Because if you look at Brock Purdy, I would say he's more talented than Daniel Jones, but he's also at that level where you hold your breath when he throws the football. It's not a Brady Manning, Uh Big Ben, prime Big Ben situation where you're confident each and every time. Look at what Christian McCaffrey did yesterday. 18 carries, 85 yards, touchdown. If anything, for me, this game really signified that if this team's going anywhere, they need Saquon to be the best version of himself. And coming off of this ankle injury, I don't know if that's necessarily possible. Right, and... I keep reading reports that Saquon's like, you know, I can come back, I can do this. And by come back, I mean he can come back sooner than anticipated, right? Usually it's about for a high ankle sprain, it's about three weeks. You know, I think a lot of Giants fans, myself included, it's like, don't rush back. We want you back, but you have a history of injuries. The last thing we need is you coming back early and re-injuring that, and you're out for the season, and that kills whatever little hope we may have of making a deep run. And then to your point about Purdy, yeah, I think he's a, he's a good quarterback, but he's very much a game manager in the sense that he's not beating you with the deep ball at all. Like, I can't even think of one, aside from maybe that touchdown to Debo Samuel late in the game. I don't know if you guys caught that, which was a beautiful throw and and catch. That was really well. But he didn't beat you with the deep ball. It was short passes. It'd be, he had that one pass where he sort of threw it across the field horizontally to get that first down. I believe it was also to Debo Samuel. And it was like, you know, he beats you with the short passes, but all he has to do is get the ball in the vicinity of a receiver. And those playmakers can make it happen because their skill positions are arguably the best in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, for me, and I'd, I'd really be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this one, I think with the Giants, their identity starts with the run game. And, I mean, with the run game, that means their identity starts with Saquon Barkley because they don't have a run game without Saquon. And they're not a team like where you can go look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs get down 21 nothing, like two scores. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Scored, boom, boom, boom. Score, you're not even worried game. if you're yeah, down. You're not even worried. Yeah. The Giants, their type of game is control a time of possession, run down the clock, long drives, intermediate throws, drain the clock, score, kind of demoralize the team while they're doing it. The Giants are not built to come from behind no. because uh, I don't know. I can count on my own one hand right here how many times Daniel Jones throws the ball more than 25 yards in the air. Yeah. It's just not, and you draft Daniel Hyatt to, to, be that threat to be that deep ball threat he only plays 16 snaps he gets no targets, no targets. I mean yeah. it's, it's a kind of a tricky balance because if you fall behind against these good teams you're not going to win by throwing five yard slants no. and it's it, it, it kind of sucks to see because that was one of the he, Jalen High is one of the guys I was looking forward to watching yesterday I mean he week two had like 89 yards two catches yeah. he's probably no Saquon their most dynamic player on offense and to not even see him get a target is, is super tough especially when the script is now so pass heavy because you're down two scores. Like, why not at least have him on the field to have the threat? It's like Deshaun Jackson. Even at the end of his career, he wasn't putting up crazy numbers, but the threat of his speed was still useful. That's why he got passed around to so many teams, even though he wasn't still that same Deshaun Jackson. It was a threat of his speed. I mean, at least at the very least, Jalen Hyatt, you have that threat to where you can use him. But I, I have no explanation for that. I don't know if you do, Colin or Bridge. I, I'm, I lost for words. That's all i got to say. I enjoy the fact that you mentioned 
Giants enemy Deshaun Jackson during the Giants <laughs> segment. I Sorry. think that that's very, very funny. <laughs> but frustration must be mounting for this New York team. I mean, you talk about that penalty that was called on Kayvon Thibodeau on the Giants 12. You're trailing 20-12 to 12 at that point. Yeah. And Dable throws the headset. Yeah. He's looking frustrated. I don't think that that type of frustration is just about the call because when you're losing the football game by – eight points it has a different feel than when you're losing by three or four or seven something like that yeah you're, you're a score away but you're still kind of only within arm's reach yes. you're not close to grabbing this win everyone wanted to make a big deal about the moment on giants twitter things of the sort and i'm not gonna try and you know belittle the importance of that moment for the football game but this team's got bigger fish to fry man this has to be about what is our identity going to be going forward and it's not about one play or another play Unless you're telling me tomorrow that Daniel Jones is going to somehow put this team on his back offensively, they're not going anywhere. You still got to play Philly twice. The commanders don't look like they're going to be fun to play. You see Dallas again? You had a horrible oh, performance Dallas. against Dallas. Yeah. I cannot think of a worse performance than what they put up against Dallas. Yeah. So if they have any designs on doing what they did last year, it's not going to be because of an illegal contact call on Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm no. telling that much. No, I, I agree with your point. And again, it's tough to sort of admit that and come to terms with that. But you look at the Giants' two losses this season. Obviously, week one was a complete disaster. Some will blame it on, you know, it was raining. And as soon as the turnover started, it was almost like a domino effect. But you played the worst game of football I'd ever seen. You know, when you talk about an identity of a team, what I saw in week two in the second half against the Cardinals were very, was very encouraging. Obviously, a huge comeback for the Giants. They win. But ultimately, you have to remember, this is against probably Cardinals. the worst team in football. <laughs> you were actually a five-point favorite, so let's not forget that. It felt great to get a win, no doubt. Especially, I mean, you could be 0-3 right now. For If that comeback doesn't happen, you're 0-3, your season's over. But you have to look at what worked in that comeback, right? You saw Daniel Jones uh, moving a little bit more outside the pocket. I didn't see many design runs for him last night, and I think Daniel Jones is... You know, it's a more athletic player than he gets credit for. Like, he can move outside the pocket. They need more design runs for him or, you know, RPOs as well. You know, I think the Giants' identity, you talk about it, Joe. You said it starts with the run game. But you're not going to have Saquon for the next couple weeks. You're going to be playing Seattle on Monday night in week four. So they kind of have, I'd call it a mini-bye week, right? So you have 10, 11 days to, to rest up. But you're going to be without Saquon, and I think the Seahawks are a very talented team. You know, Geno Smith and, and, and those guys, you know, they're very good. Just beat the Lions on the road. Yeah, definitely. no, they're, they're a very good team. So I think the Giants' recipe to, you know, kind of, I guess, looking ahead to week four and even beyond because their schedule does not get much easier. They go down to Miami for week five, and the Dolphins look very, very good, too, as the MVP front runner. The Giants need to figure out how to move the ball on offense without relying too heavily on a run game, which obviously means you have to build – that passing game because if you can't build that passing game you can't you can't do it in your defense you have to be smarter like you know it's those obviously some of those penalties like you might not agree with them but you have to understand that you have two rookie corners playing right these guys are going to get better with experience that's a very young secondary there's some vets you know Adoree Jackson Xavier McKinney but you know you got to understand that front seven Wink Martindale likes to blitz a lot right you got to apply that pressure they have to just understand what works and what doesn't and last year they were able to do so under a much nicer safety net when they were playing the Panthers, the Bears, and all these other teams early in the season. Now they're being thrown into the fire playing the top teams in the league. Much tougher outcome. Yeah, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm I'm concerned. I mean, you mentioned the Seahawks. 
And you got to go to Miami, play the Dolphins. And then you got to go to Buffalo and play the Bills on the road. On Sunday night, no less. Yeah, and the Seahawks games on Monday night. So that's two primetime games for Daniel Jones. They, who, haven't, they haven't had a 1 o'clock Sunday game yet this season, the Giants. Can yeah, you believe I know. that? I know, which is usually you're like, oh, I grabbed him to get to see my team play on primetime. Like, yeah, this is amazing. But then if you're a Giants fan, you're like, no, because you have to see Daniel Jones play on primetime, yeah, and that sucks. And those stats are not great. Yeah, and he's going to have to play the Bills on the road in primetime. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And then the next, you know, Monday night on the Seahawks, you have that long rest. But, you know, that's a great team coming in, and it's on primetime. So yeah. who knows how that's going to go. But I I don't think it's a situation where it's like, you know, the Bengals are 0-2 right now, and no one's really that concerned because they're the Bengals. And yeah, they were 0-2 last year, right? Yeah, they were yeah, 0-2 they, last year and made the championship yeah. game. The Giants, that's not the same scenario at all. I mean, you, you won a playoff game last year, but... I don't think there's that same level of confidence with this team. Uh, and the schedule is just, I'm just looking at this, it's, I don't see many easy wins on the schedule, and especially in the division. No team, it's just, like, the NFC pass has been complete three years. Even go back to COVID, when it was just a complete joke, every single team. And now it's every single team could probably win every other division in the NFC. It's kind of crazy yeah. how we're looking at it right now. But I, I, I think for the Giants, you can't suffer any more games like you've had the last couple of weeks. It's, it's go time now. Remains to be seen what will happen with those New York football giants. I do want to switch gears to Gang Green because apparently we are still very much required to talk about the Jets <laughs> at this juncture in the season. They're heading home for a match with the Patriots this upcoming Sunday. And listen, the Patriots are 0-2, the Jets 1-1 at the moment. You win the opener after what was one of the flukiest starts to anyone's New York career that we've ever seen. Aaron Rodgers now out for the season, or at least that's what the doctors are saying. I don't know what he's going to tell anybody next. Yeah. But now you got Zach Wilson, and he's got to go up against a Bill Belichick defense. That's pretty concerning because even if the Patriots are 0-2, they are still the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is still a defensive savant in every sense of the word. In four career games against the Patriots, Zach Wilson has completed 54 of 106 passes. Yikes. That does not instill a great deal of confidence in me for this weekend. Even if the Jets are home, you just know that Bill Belichick will be able to scheme it in such a way that Wilson won't be able to find anyone open. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. The Patriots obviously historically have owned the New York Jets. I don't think that the Jets haven't beat the Patriots for, what, six, seven years, something like that. I saw a stat. So, you know. Obviously, you mentioned the Zach Wilson stat. He has never beaten the Patriots. And you go back to Sam Darnold and all, all the Jets quarterbacks. What Bill Belichick does, yes, the Patriots are 0-2. He, he is a defensive mastermind. You look at the two games the Patriots have played, two losses, but two games they were very much in and two games that they were in because of their defense, right? Um, I would be very worried if you're a Jets fan. I think even though the Jets are home, the Patriots will come in there uh, 0-2. They have something to play for. Um I see the Patriots winning this game. Yeah, the uh, Jets have not beaten the Patriots since December 27th, 2015. Oof. I wasn't in high school yet. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to calculate how old I was. That's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I was in eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, and <laughs> another thing I want to mention for these Patriots, although it's it's pretty shocking for me to see, and I'm, I'm assuming all you guys as well, the pa- 0-2, they haven't been 0-2 since 2001. And if you guys know the influence of 2001 on the Patriots, that's the year Drew Bledsoe went down. Yep. Second year, Belichick was head coach of the Patriots. He's now in what, year like 24? It's been that long. Mm-hmm. 
and I still think they're still going to beat the Jets. I mean, yeah. I, I just I I'd love to see when the when the schedule comes out or after the Aaron Rodgers injury. Do you think Bill Belichick, when he saw he was going to play Zach Wilson again, was just like rubbing <laughs> his palms together, excited? Because I think he can just figure out so many ways. Like, you know, you've seen all the stats. Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks is just not even a yeah, fun competition. It's not, it's not even a competition. Yeah, and. Zach Wilson has struggled, and I'm really rooting for him because I really do feel bad. It's more, I just really feel bad. But if I had to put money on it, I mean, Bill Belichick, young quarterback. Yeah, I'm not liking it. I'm not liking the odds for the Jets here. Patriots have allowed the 12th least amount of passing yards this season. You're telling me <laughs> that Zach Wilson is going to beat a defense that's at least close to being top 10 in that category? I really the want Jets to. Jets going to have to ground and pound. I really want, want to. I, I mean, they're going to have to give Brees Hall more than four carries. That's yep. for sure. I mean, yeah, they're going to rely on the run game. That's basically the only way they can win. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Someone tell these New York football teams to give the best players in the field the ball, yeah. like, please. Um, but uh, it's just it, it's it would be a huge win for the Jets if they could pull it off. I mean, I I think they just need something to go right for them. Uh, because <laughs> the entire franchise has felt that way for the last it's, twenty years. It's just it's it's tough, but yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling the Patriots in this one. Like Patriots thirteen, Jets ten. That's literally game. what I wrote down. It's gonna be like yeah. ten. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be an ugly game. Yep. Well, on the Patriots side of things, their offense is not fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, and it's solely, in my estimation, because of Mac Jones. Like, I think if Mac Jones was more of a traditional-style quarterback in the sense that he could really sling it, I'd have less questions about the Patriots' offense. Also, I wonder if New England has handicapped him to a certain extent where he hasn't been allowed to air out the football, as I see producer Chaz, who is a Patriots fan back Big Mac there, Jones guy. Giving me the side eye. But listen, if, if Mac Jones was allowed to just sling the football, I'd be more interested in what the Patriots could offer. He doesn't have a true number one receiver either which is a problem. But I do look at the pieces they have, Hunter Henry, people of that sort. There's enough there. you got to take the training wheels off. Yeah. This might be a boring game. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Unless you love defense. Uh, I mean, because ne- neither offense, okay, traditionally the Jets offense, I was very excited to see. But Zach Wilson, it almost just kind of puts a wet blanket over all that because it's kind of like they have so many weapons, but is he going to be able to get the ball to them? I don't believe so. And then when you look at the Patriots, it's just – there's not really like that dynamic player that you're like, wow, like what's he gonna like, get the ball in his hands? I mean, Rondé Stevenson is a great, solid running back, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if any of those guys push the needle. And then when you don't have a quarterback that can do that, it's just kind of like, can they scheme it up well enough to win? But it's not something that's really exciting for me personally. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots, but it's gonna be closer than people are gonna expect is my estimation. We do have to talk about the Bears because the Bears have been all over the media. I do want to mention them because, you know, we're following the beat of the NFL, things of the sort. Yep. Bears are 0-2. They're traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Oh I cannot think of a worse situation for a team that's just looking for anything to hold on to, kind of like the Jets, where you're just looking for something to give you some optimism. It's a little bit different, though, because the Bears... We're not supposed to be this bad. No. I, I didn't think they would be as bad as they are. And you look at what Justin Fields has done. Two touchdowns, three interceptions already this early in the season. Only 427 passing yards. 
There are questions regarding, is he going to be the long-term answer for them? And more aptly, it seems as though the franchise, much like Mac Jones with the Patriots, has handicapped Justin Fields. And they haven't leaned into his strengths. 62 rushing yards for Fields this season. That's the leading rusher for the Bears, Wow, I believe, with a touchdown. I will check that, but it, I believe that's the leading rusher for them because their run game, if it was even a sliver better, the Bears would be better. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, the, nothing's gotten right for the Bears. I just read a report that uh, they had $100,000 worth of equipment stolen uh, Wednesday night from their stadium. A group broke into the stadium and drove it out. Like, if, if your situation couldn't get any worse as a franchise, now you're in – you know, you're in the news for that, and you're going to Kansas City to play a 425 game this Sunday with a quarterback in Justin Fields that many Bears fans thought would be the answer going into this season, right? They saw some good glimpses last year of, okay, I like what I'm seeing. Let's, you know, get him a couple of weapons, right? They have, is it DJ Moore that I believe that they added, right? A nice little piece there. But you look at the Bears this season, and they just have not looked the part at all. They like, need more than a nice little piece. Bridge. Yes, they need like a whole new team. They need a whole <laughs> exactly. I um Justin Fields, you know, he's just the way that he's been conducting himself when he drops back, like he just looks uncomfortable. Like he does, he doesn't. It doesn't. The offense doesn't feel fluid. Like you just feel like something's something's wrong. And yeah, so the Bears, I'd be very worried. Uh, <laughs> if I were a Bears fan, I'd. Probably not turn on my television this Sunday at 425. I'd just or turn it that, on and then turn it off really quickly. Yeah, just sit that one out uh, and, you know, look at the final score in the paper the next morning because it will be exactly what you expect. I mean, I'm going to say one thing. As a Commanders fan, I'm ecstatic that we are no longer the laughing stock of the league. Well, we're not getting, take it easy over there. I don't know. We're not, get, we're not getting robbed of equipment. Hey, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, I know. We'll <laughs> see how long it lasts. But it is just, yeah, I, I, I do not. I mean, their defensive coordinator resigns and there's rumors of – a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, the GM has to do an emergency press conference where he says, uh, "People, I like." I repeat after me: "People are not panicking in the building." And whenever someone says that, that means yeah. that people are panicking. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's tough. And I, I look at Justin Fields, and I like all the intangibles. He has obviously the running ability, which is one of the he's one of the best dual, dual threat quarterback quarterbacks in the NFL, minus the throwing aspect, obviously. Yeah. But he has a great arm. He can run. He is elusive. It's just the things you really can't teach or that are super hard to teach, like reading a NFL defense, and he just can't, he's just not good at it. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw the clip where he had all the all all day in the pocket. There's a guy streaking down the middle of the end zone, and he just doesn't see him. Kind of jukes around the pocket and then runs into a defensive tackle. And yeah. it's just stuff like that where, you know, that's it's like you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't, you know, read a deep post route and put the ball in there it's like there's not much you can do as a coach uh and it's something where at the end of this year someone's going to go it's either going to be fields it's either going to be Eberflus, it's either going to be the offense coordinator they're not going to run back this entire yeah. unit if this continues and i don't know it sucks i mean you never want to see a young quarterback that obviously has a ton of potential i mean no one's denying that but it, it's it, it stinks to see him struggle and i don't know i don't know if the answer if he's gonna be the answer in uh, chicago I would like to see them lean into what he's good at, and that stat I did mention before that is true. He's tied for the most rushing yards on the Bears, along with Khalil Herbert. Yeah. If you got a guy who can run, let him run. This is the modern-day NFL. It feels like they're not 
allowing for that at the moment. I mean, they let him run last year. I mean, he was running crazy last year. He was like fantasy quarterback number two. And yeah, they he lost, was a fantasy monster last year. Yeah, because so, they were letting him run, but they just didn't win. Like, I think he's won, what, three games in his entire career? Like, has, yes. This matchup with the Chiefs is the first time in NFL history where it's the quarterback with, like, the highest winning percentage in Mahomes and the quarterback with the lowest winning percentage in uh, Justin Fields. He's, like, 3-18, and 18, yeah. and they're matching off with each other. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, they let him run last year. They just didn't win. He, like, well, they're not he, winning this year either. Yeah, so. some, uh, something is going to have to change. I don't know if it's going to come mid-season. That's always really messy. That's how you know the right. season's really over and a franchise needs to kind of reset, hit the reset button. But, I mean, they just don't win. I, they've let him run. They've let him pass. It's not working. I think he's better at running, but I don't think the team's good enough. The ironic part is there was definitely a chance this year to at least make the oh, NFC yeah. North competitive with Rodgers leaving from Green Bay with the Lions always being kind of a question mark it's a shame the Bears could have made it interesting it doesn't appear that they will especially with the Vikings 0-2 like exactly and you go and get DJ obviously the Lions are a little better but I mean this division's wide open for the first time in a long time and yeah anyways one more note to touch on before we get to our picks for the weekend but uh this one a little bit more of a sour note cleveland browns running back nick chubb (coughs) set to undergo surgery for what was a season ending knee injury he sustained during the monday night football game against pittsburgh steelers guys you, you never like to see something like this already this year it feels like injuries have kind of clouded what's been going on on the field yeah just so hard to watch, especially when, unfortunately, you have to watch that replay on the broadcast and you see up close uh, of the injury itself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you feel for you know for the player. Um, you know, it's just it's, it's so sad to, to you know you know the, the recovery process is going to be just so gruesome, but also just you know fans of that team were looking forward to enjoying you know the services of of, of that player, and yeah, it's it's just. It's hard to watch. I mean, we talked about Rodgers a couple minutes ago, like losing him on, what, the fourth play of the game? Like, injuries injuries suck, man. There's nothing else to say. Like, just you got to move on. It's just it's it's hard. Yeah, I mean, the last three Monday Night Football games was uh, – it's just – it seems like it's cursed. Right, like, DeMar Hamlin. The ha- DeMar yeah. Hamlin incident and then Aaron Rodgers with Achilles and, and now Nick Chubb. It's just yeah. – I would not want my team to be playing on Monday Night Football because it seems like something Giants bad. Giants on Monday Night gonna... next week. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, man. See how that goes. But you know, I, I'm I'm just concerned, like, Nick Chubb's ability to play again because this is the same knee that he blew out of Georgia, and that yes. was also – That's what Adam Schefter led his tweet with. Did you see that? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean Adam Schefter. He led his tweet. Like he was that. like, Nick Chubb tore whatever he tore – in like this many different places and then he said well at georgia he just tore that same thing tonight and i'm like like adam (laughs) come on man classic Schefter. yeah um no but i yeah i i I, that if you also saw that video when that happened that was also a very gruesome injury and it's tough it's just the running back position is brutal on the body and that's why these teams have been so reluctant to pay them which is unfortunate but i mean you just Saquon's hurt, Chubb's hurt, Eckler's hurt. Yeah, it's just how it goes, and it's. I just hope he can come back and play again because that that was that was a horrible video to watch. Um, just another injury we have to mention: Trayvon Diggs suffered. Oh yeah, a torn in ACL practice. in practice. That is a big blow to a Cowboys team that has looked really good early in the year. Again, guys, this is a situation where he's clearly 
one of, if not the best defenders on that team. Losing him even from just a presence standpoint matters in the NFC East. Philly's right there. Washington is going to be hard to deal with each and every week, I have a feeling. If you're Dallas, this this just feels like something where you lose a voice. You lose that presence. There's no really better way to describe it other than to say presence. Because regardless of what he does on the field, having a corner of that caliber on your team just makes all the difference in the world. It reminds me of when New England had Darrell Rivas for the year. And they won the Super Bowl that season. It wasn't because Derivas was... Darrell Rivas. Rivas. That's a new one. It wasn't because Rivas was amazing on the field that year. He was far past his prime. It was more because, you know, the opposing offense feared him a little bit. It wasn't you didn't want to throw it his way. I think it's the same kind of situation with Trayvon Diggs to where even if he was banged up, injured here or there, just not having him is gonna really put a stain on that defense. A huge blow to the team. I think it's really tough considering that you have to think that basically everything has gone right for the Cowboys this season up till that point. They played essentially two perfect games against the Giants and the Jets. You're a Cowboys fan. You're feeling amazing about your team. You feel amazing about what your defense can do. You feel amazing about what your offense can do. Yeah, to lose a guy like Trayvon Diggs is, is, is tough, you know, for all the reasons you stated, Colin. But again, not the end of the world for the Cowboys because they're a very talented team from top to bottom. I think losing that voice in the locker room, you know, he'll stick around on the sidelines, but I think losing that presence and voice, of course, will impact the team, no doubt. But I think as long as you have Micah Parsons leading that front front line, like, t- to me, he is the most valuable player on, on that team. Like, if they lose him, that's it. Like, Micah Parsons, what he does, it's like, it's stuff that I haven't seen before, like the how explosive how explosive he is coming off the line, the way he attacks opposing quarterbacks. Like, <coughs> excuse me. As long as you have that piece, I think the Cowboys will be okay. Um, so that's my take, at least. Yeah, when Michael Parsons is on the field, it looks like everyone else is running in slow motion. That's how fast it's like he is. I mean, it's just absurd. But I don't know. I feel like the Cowboys had the opportunity to opportunity to be a generational type defense and. They, I think they still have the opportunity to be a very, very, very good defense. But Trayvon Diggs, I believe, when he's not on the field, they give up five more points per game. Like he he's is a difference a, maker. He's he's a difference maker in a different way than Micah. Where Micah is just getting after the quarterback. Trayvon Diggs is there's always that threat that you throw that ball out there. Like he's gonna go get it. Like he's running routes for receivers. So it, it's a huge loss for the Cowboys. I think they're a good enough team. I think Dan Quinn is the best defensive coordinator in football to the point. I think they can regroup after this, but I mean, whenever you lose a Pro Bowl Pro Bowl cornerback, it's it, it's tough. It's, it's no good. Certainly, wishing that Chubb and Diggs are back on the gridiron as soon as possible. But guys, it is Friday, so we do have picks to make here. It's time to make our picks on this edition of NFL Friday. I want to start off with the Jets and Pats. Pats zero and two. Jets one and one. I'll start here, guys. I'm taking New England. There has been nothing about this Jets offense that tells me they can stand up to a Bill Belichick defense. Even though the Jets are home, I just think New England has an advantage. They're favored by two and a half points at the moment. I expect them to fully cover. Uh, Yeah, Patriots, I'm going to take New England as well in this game. Yeah, they're going on the road to the Jets. Let's not forget, Jets have a great fan base. New England travels well. A lot of New Englanders in New York. So, you know, they're going to be Patriot fans there. They're 0-2 for the first time since 2001. They do not want to be 0-3, right? 
most Patriots fans our age have never even, could not even imagine. We got Chaz behind the glass. He can't even fathom the idea of a Patriots team going 0-3, and I think after this week, he'll be able to sleep well. The Patriots will take care of the Jets. I'll give a score prediction as I did before. I think it's going to be low scoring, 13-10. to Yeah, I... I feel like I'm on first take. Like I just have to disagree right now because like, oh, guys no. are all the Patriots. I just have to see Ellen right, scream and say you're all stupid. No, <laughs> I'm also taking the Patriots. I mean, I just really want the Jets to win because I really do feel bad. Like I just feel horrible for this yeah. guy Zach Wilson. But I don't know. I think you know Bill Belichick will have his fingerprints all over this game. I- I'm not looking towards the Patriots' offense to do anything. I don't think they're going to have to do. They anything. don't need to. That's the thing. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Patriots. I literally wrote down 13 to 10. There we go. Great minds think alike. There you go. We've got the 1-1 one and one Titans going to Cleveland to take on the 1-1 one and one Browns. I don't think this one will be on my TV on Sunday, but to tell you the <laughs> Not truth. Not a lot of TVs. <laughs> in a game like this. a long like way this, to say boring. It's going to be a boring game. I'm taking the Browns. Right yeah. now favored by 3.5 points. I just think home game early in the year coming off the Chubb injury there's going to be a lot of camaraderie in that locker room that we're not seeing I think things like that matter dynamics like that matter over the course of a year I like the Browns to win an early season game at home I like the Browns too and I think what I took away from the Browns opener against the Bengals is that they can beat good teams I mean they won that what 24 to 3 obviously dropped a tough one to the Steelers last week but uh I like the Browns at home. I like what they were doing. Deshaun Watson becoming more comfortable in this offense. Of course, the Nick Chubb thing, devastating to lose a guy like that. They did just sign Kareem Hunt. I, I don't know if he'll be available for this Sunday, from what I, I'm not sure, but they have that uh, you know support coming. Obviously, Hunt spent uh, a few years with the Browns franchise, so he's very familiar. And uh, But yeah, I think the Browns looked really solid in the first two weeks, and I think at home against the Titans team that frankly, I don't think is very good. They should handle business. You said the spread was three and a half. I could see the Browns covering that. I think they'll win by more than three and a half. Yeah, I mean, three and a half, the Browns are at home. That that's pretty much means it's just a yeah. toss-up, and they're just giving them the points for uh, being at home. I don't know. I, I'm also th- I also thought I was going to lean Browns in this one, and I was, but that was before Nick the, Chubb Nick got Chubb, hurt. Yeah. And I don't know. The Titans just came off a pretty impressive win beating the Chargers. I know they did, yeah. Chargers have all their own issues going on. That defense is just atrocious, and we'll get into that later. But I, I want to go with the Titans here. I think, you know, Derrick Henry, this is a game where he could take over. Uh, I like the Browns' defense, but I, I just don't have much faith in Deshaun Watson right now. He's just not playing like the old Deshaun Watson. So I- I'm going to go with the Titans here. I'll, I'll, that's my little first take. I'll, I'll, I'll disagree right now. I like we'll that. I'll, minus all the yelling. One and one Detroit Lions hosting the two and zero Atlanta Falcons. Bridge, I'll kick it to you first Ooh. here because I have a feeling I'm going to be disagreed with about this game. Okay. Uh, do you have the spread rolled up? I got. I got to pull it up. Detroit favored by three points. Okay, so I like wow. Detroit in this game. Um, I'm kind of a, a homer for Detroit because they've struggled for so many years, and I loved watching them finally be good toward the end of last year. And seeing them beat the Chiefs in week one on that opener was awesome. And they lost a tough one in week two, of course. But I think I like the Lions at home. I think their defense has definitely improved a lot. A guy like Aiden Hutchinson's been playing really well. And offensively, uh, the Lions have a lot of great playmakers. I mean, Jared Goff's become really comfortable in that offense. He has great weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown is an elite wide receiver. I think at home, Lions fans are some of the best fans in the NFL. They'll show out. 
I don't want to discount the Falcons, who at, with 2-0 and look very, very good. I think, Colin, you said the spread was three. I think the Lions will win by exactly a field goal. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm hammering that spread. I think the Lions are going to win by multiple scores. Oh, really? Yeah, I think... Listen, it's a tough game against the Seahawks. Uh, you know, it's kind of it's a weird feeling because you just come off that huge week one statement win against the Chiefs, and you come back home. Yep. Everyone's wearing the blue shices. You think? Do you think this should be a big, a big? You know, this is like a celebration almost, and it kind of is like a little bit of a gut punch. So I think, I think you're gonna come into this game a little angry, a little pissed off, and I think the Falcons two and zero. I think they're a good team. I think they're an exciting team, but I think the Lions are better than them on both sides of the ball, and. I think at home, it even sweetens the pot a little bit more. I'm going to take the Lions to cover that spread pretty easily. I'm taking the Falcons. I'm taking Desmond Ritter, Mr. Pitts as well. I think that Atlanta has something really interesting going on. Are they one of the best teams in football? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Do I think that they're going to win their division? Probably not. However, they're a team that can put up points. They're a team with a lot of dynamic, talented pieces. In a game like this, Early in the year, everyone's trying to figure out exactly who they are. A 3-0 and start could be exactly what they need to maybe catapult them into thinking, you know what, let's play some spoiler. Let's see if we can compete in a division that's not that great, to tell you the truth. So I'm taking the Falcons to win this one. Next up on the docket, we got the Saints traveling to Lambeau Field. The 2-0 and Saints, I might add. They'll be taking on the 1-1 one one Packers. Guys, I look at this matchup and I just feel like the Green Bay allure gets in my way of making the smarter pick. But with that being said, I am still rolling with the Packers. I'm rolling with Jordan Love. If this game was in December, I wouldn't have any question about it. Because it's still early, it's September, I would be more hesitant. I would think about taking the Saints. But got to roll with the home team. Got to roll with the Packers. Right now, they're favored by only one point. So yeah. it's kind of a toss-up here. Very much a toss-up. I'm going to roll with the Packers as well. The w- things that I look at are, obviously, Jordan Love needs to become you know more acquainted and more comfortable in this offense. But when you look at their loss to the Falcons last week, you know they led for most of that game. They blew that game at the end. I think if they you know watch a lot of film and clean up those mistakes, like you know the Packers could very very well be two and zero going into this. I think going back home and again, Colin, I kind of agree with you. It's hard to look at the Packers and not sort of like be like, oh, the Packers, you know, they're going to handle business. Um, this is not the same Packers team. This is not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Brett Favre. It's not the you know historical historically great Packers. I don't know. Gut feeling. It's a really a toss up. You say it's a one point spread. I like the Packers to win, but it, it could really go either way. Yeah, we talked pre-show about some of these, like, phantom 2-0 teams, and I, I think the Saints are one of them. I mean, they, they beat the Titans week one, scoring 16 points, and they beat the Panthers on Monday night, scoring 20, and the Panthers looked dreadful all game. So I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in the Saints. I'm honestly pretty shocked that the spread is that tight, to be honest, with the Packers at home, because I'm, I'm taking the Packers. I mean, guys, recently, love has been in the air. Jordan Love, <laughs> six touchdowns. I like what you did there. There you go. Thank you. Three touchdowns each week. He's looked pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Aaron Jones may be back. Christian Watson, less likely, but possible. I, I'm definitely taking the Packers in this one, especially by one point. I like A.J. Dillon to maybe have a big game for yeah. Green Bay this week. Good running back conditions out there. Not exactly the slog that Green Bay is used to with that weather and climate. Next up, we got the Broncos, who are 0-2, going to Miami to take on the Dolphins. They're 2-0. I'm going to take the Broncos here. Whoa. 
because really? Miami's favored by six and a half points. Denver's not a good football team, but you got to win sometime. And at this point in the year, new head coach and Sean Payton, Russell Wilson must be feeling a little pissed off when he's got to go back and realize this is not like Seattle at all. I'm not playing like I did in Seattle. I think Denver pulls off an upset here. Wow. I, I see where you're coming from. And I've for each Broncos game that I followed, I kind of used the same approach of, all right, they have Sean Payton. They have Russell Wilson. Right, they're they gotta figure it out at some point. I just don't think that point comes this weekend. The Dolphins look like a juggernaut. They look really, really good. I think barring any injuries, right? Because you know players are always getting hurt, uh, especially on the Dolphins. Uh, but if Tua can stay healthy and, and play through the whole game, I like the Dolphins to win and cover very comfortably. This is at home. I think he's gonna have a monster game, and either Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle, somebody's gonna go for 150 plus yards uh, in the receiving game. Like the. Dolphins are just too talented. I think the Broncos uh, will hang around for a little bit, but I think the Dolphins will win like 31 to like 14 or something like that. Yeah, whoever Pat Sertan is not guarding is going to go off. That's, That's right. my bold prediction. You can't guard both <laughs> guys, so somebody's got to, you know, something's got to break. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins here, and I mean, if there's anything Broncos fans can look forward to, is I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a more desperate team in Week 3 maybe than the Broncos. They have so much... I'd say expectations. You brought, you traded to get Sean Payton. Yeah. You give him a boatload of money. You have a win now quarterback on that contract. It's not like we can rebuild with Russell Wilson. Like we have to win now, and they're zero and two. And it was a really disappointing loss last week where you're up twenty-one to three, and you just let that game. And that hail mary at the end. Yeah, yeah, and then the two point. You know that was pass interference. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. But yeah, I, I, I don't think there's, I, I. I think they're going to come out angry. I, I, I don't think it's going to be enough, but I, I think it's going to be closer. I think the spread is actually – I think the Broncos are going to cover the spread. I think it's going to be an interesting game, but I, I do think the Dolphins are going, to, are going to take this one. Russell Wilson, for what it's worth, five touchdowns, one pick so far this season. Better results than what he got last year, in my estimation. Moving on on the scoreboard, though, the battle of two 0-2 teams that, quite frankly, I'm surprised are 0-2. Chargers heading to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. This is a tough one because I definitely think the Chargers have more talent, but Minnesota's home. They have probably a more stable quarterback at this point in his career. I think Herbert will be the better quarterback ultimately, but if I'm looking at it as a one-game basis, I'm going to take Minnesota to win this one. I think it will be close. Right now, Minnesota's favored by one point. Very generous one point for them being home would be my guess. Yeah, I, I just look at this and I think, okay, can Cousins and Jefferson cook something up two, three times to really give themselves some separation? And I think they can. To me, this is the game of the week, which is so funny to say that a, that a game between two 0-2 teams is the game of the week, but it's the game of the week for some of the reasons Colin just stated. The you know It's, on paper, such a close game. You have two teams that were playoff teams last year. Two teams that are very talented, especially on the offensive side of the ball, right? You look at the Vikings, you got Justin Jefferson, right? You got all these weapons, and then you go to the, the Chargers, one of the best offenses in the league, right? So this is going to be a great game, and it's hard to believe that one of these teams will be 0-3 after this weekend, right? I mean, that's hard to fathom. I'm going to take the Chargers, man. I just... For, they've played so well in their two losses that I just feel like they, there's no way they're going to lose. I know they're on the road, but
but I feel like this is going to be like a classic shootout. It's going to be like, I don't know, 37-34. Like, it's going to come down to a Cameron Dicker field goal. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, does anyone have a coin? Because this is one you're going <laughs> to flip. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I literally, I've been dreading trying to pick this game. I, I'm, I, I think I'm just going to go with the Vikings because the, the Chargers defense just really concerns me. They look awful. And I don't know. I, I agree with you, Colin. I think. I think Kirk makes less mistakes maybe than a, than a Herbert does. He's a little bit more steady to use your verbiage. I, I just I, I cannot picture the Chargers going 0-3. I think that's very messy for Brandon Staley to go down 0-3. Uh, I think he's, he was on the hot seat at the end of the playoffs last year, and I think if he starts out 0-3 this year, it's not looking great for them. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one. I think it's going to be close. I think probably going to be a field goal. Splits it. I think both these teams have high-powered offenses and not – terrific defenses so high scoring game i'm gonna guess it's 33 30 i'm gonna go with the vikings jaw let you take first pick here on this uh, next here we game. go we've got the yes. bills going to take on the commanders the bills one and one commanders two and oh joe what do you got you know what i'm taking I'm like, come on now <laughs> i'm not taking the bills i'm taking the commanders i mean this is my i liberal as my upset pick because i feel like the conventional take we'll see what you guys say is going to be going with the bills and josh allen because they're cool and they throw a lot of touchdowns but this is a home game it, it's it's going to be in dc or land over maryland and uh I, I think everyone talks about you know the biggest free agent sign the biggest offseason transaction in my opinion it wasn't a player it was eric Bieniemy becoming the offensive coordinator of the washington commanders because he has completely changed the outlook of this offense and you look at the chiefs and the chiefs I give him. I know I'm giving him a break because Kelsey's been hurt. But even with Kelsey last week, yeah. they only scored seven. They, they struggled against the Jags. Only scored 17 points. I think Eric Bieniemy had a way bigger influence on that offense. Than people give him credit for. And I don't know if you guys know, but this game is going to be possibly torrential downpour. We have like a mini hurricane coming over to Washington. Can so. FedEx Field handle that? <laughs> probably not. I don't know how the sewage systems are over there, but probably not great. Uh, watch out if you're in a suite. You might have yeah. sewage water all over you. Um, but and that, I think that bodes well for this for this Commanders team because that's going to take out a lot of the air element that the Bills bring. And then you're going to ha- be forced to give the ball to Brian Robinson Jr., who had a terrific game last week against the Broncos, just completely torched them on the ground and through the air. He actually had a couple catches for screen passes and went for 30-plus yards. So I'm taking the Commanders. I think it's going to be a close one. I, I, I think the Bills are going to come out strong and, and – probably go up by a couple of scores because that's what the commanders always do is we always fall behind really early but i think this is going to be a messy game especially because of the weather and i'm taking the commanders interesting take i get it <laughs> um i don't expect you to agree but well it's all right. here's the thing though the bills did not look great week one yeah. i know they played a great game against the raiders last week but week one you know josh allen threw what three interceptions i think he fumbled like he looked very lost he's recovered a little bit of that i expect this game to be close I'm going to pick the Bills to win, but I like the Commanders to cover that six and a half. I think it's going to be a really close game. Like, especially you mentioned with the weather, like low scoring, it's going to take away that, you know, that deep pass element that Buffalo relies on. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a ground and pound element. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I like the Bills to win, but the Commanders to cover. I don't think this is going to be that great of a game. Sorry, guys. I'm taking uh, the Bills to win by more than one score. I think, if anything, this is the clunker that the Commanders need to then use to keep on going and implementing different strategies. Because, as I said multiple times when we were talking about the Giants and the NFC East, Washington's not going away. They're going to be a hard team. I just think this is the game that's kind of going to be the bump in the road for them. So, needless to say, I'm taking Buffalo here. 
Texans going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Texans sitting at 0-2. Jaguars at 1-1. Don't overthink this one, guys. I'm playing at chalk. I'll take the Jaguars. I'll take Trevor Lawrence. Right now, 1-1. They're still finding their footing. But I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Christian Kirk have a nice game here. Yeah, I mean, again, no need to complicate things here. I like the Jags. I like them to cover two, the 9.5 or 8. I see different sports books, but it's about, it's at least a score. Uh, yeah, that's it. Hear me out, guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, the, the, the Texans stink. Uh, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah, the, no, no, the games I've been against the Colts, they looked really bad, and that's against the Colts, uh, who are not trying to win this season. Uh, I, I, you know, I am not extremely high in the Texans, and they don't even have their own draft pick. So I, I'm a little concerned with where they're going this year. But, yeah, I'm taking the Jags. Colts at one and one going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. They're at two and zero. Oh. Again, don't overthink this one. I'm rolling with Lamar Jackson. I'm rolling with a team that has the better overall roster. I've been really impressed from what I've seen from the Colts so far, but they're not at that level quite yet. Well, let me say something about the Colts. They're not going to win this game. No, <laughs> the Ravens will handle their business. Uh, I, yeah, it won't be close, and it's at Baltimore too. So yeah. Guys, I, <laughs> I'm actually I'm serious here. There's no Anthony Richardson. I don't think that's a problem. It's Minshew mania. I I, oh I believe we're gonna see one week Gardner Minshew. I think he's gonna ignite Indianapolis. I I I think we could see a potential. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's I don't know. I think it could be close. I'm taking the Colts to be fun. I don't know. I love Gardner Minshew. Eagles legend. Gardner that's my Minshew. guy. Yeah, Eagles legend. Jaguars legend. He's yeah, just a legend, just legend all around. I don't know. I think the Ravens two and zero. I think everyone maybe maybe they just kind of you know sleep on this game a little bit. Oh, we go to Indianapolis. Their franchise quarterbacks out. Oh, backup. You know, I think we got I, the Colts have looked pretty exciting actually. I know they said they're not trying to win. They're not really built to win, but they do have some weapons on that offense. They're not gonna get Jonathan Taylor back for this game. Hopefully by the end of the season they can work something Figure out. That because out yeah. If they do get him back, that's actually a really interesting offense that they can run with Anthony Richardson. But with Minshew Mania. I'm liking it. I'm going to take the Colts. I, this is my fun pick. I'm actually going to watch this. I'm actually excited to watch this game because I think something special could happen. So we had a fandom pick with the Commanders. Now we had a fun pick. Yeah. Okay, so we're well, all it's going to be place. a new NFL Friday rule. We're gonna I, like exactly. I like it, though. And if I'm right on both picks, we're doing a Monday episode. And I oh, just absolutely. get a laugh special in your Monday episode. Exactly. 0-2 Panthers going to Seattle. Take on the one-on-one Seahawks. Right now, Seattle favored by five and a half points, according to the sportsbook I'm looking at. Yep. I think Seattle wins this one. I'm hesitant. I was leaning towards taking Carolina, to tell you the truth, because I feel like Bryce Young is due for a really good game. I don't think he's playing. I think he's hurt. Right? Bryce Young is hurt. He's Andy hurt. Dalton will be playing in this game. That's why I didn't, I, yeah. I didn't even want to comment on this game, because I don't think it's going to be yeah. watchable. I mean, with Bryce Young, uh, it's brutal. So it's with Andy, Andy Dalton stepping in. Does that change your outlook, Colin? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely Seattle, and that that makes it ten times easier. Bryce Young ruled out with an ankle. Mm. Can we just I say, agree. Can we just... I think Bryce Young was due. Like I was excited to see him grow oh, in yeah. this offense. Big He'll time. come back from injury. Can we just say Seahawks on three and be done with this one. I mean, I don't. Are you taking the Panthers? Oh. Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. It kicks off the four o'clock slate, which might be one of the worst four o'clock slates. It's a three gamer. We're gonna get to the other two games, but oh, it's, yeah. Here's the other clunker of the four, the four o'clock slate. The Bears going to Kansas City <laughs> to take on the Chiefs. 
am I going to read everyone's mind and say we're all taking Kansas City here and that Travis Kelsey is going to have a great week for my fantasy team? Yeah. Yeah. Can we? Yes. We're all in agreement, Joe. Yeah. I I, I don't see a universe <laughs> where the Bears beat the Chiefs, but you know I'll root for them. But I I, I don't I don't see it. See, I I would like to see the Chiefs kind of just destroy them for. Also, yeah. You know, well, I mean, they're going through like they just got robbed. Yeah. Their defensive coordinator just resigned. <laughs> It's a tough time to be a Bears fan, man. Their quarterback I mean, can't read a slant route. Plus, I, why I don't I root for them. I, mean, I don't have on. anything against Chicago sports, but you know, there's something nice about watching a great team go be great. It's a little bit of that Golden State Warriors thing they got going on, where it's just like, yeah, they they might not always win the Super Bowl or the championship, but you know, you're always going to get a good fight out of them. And I think yeah. that's the same thing with the Chiefs. Even last week, that kind of clunker that they had. Still won. Yeah. Like, they were still there. I'd like to see them have a get-right game here. Yeah. Moving on, we got the Cowboys at 2-0, and going to Arizona and take on the Cardinals. They're Jesus. at 0-2. It'll be a murder on live I, television. Once again, oh my gosh. I'm taking the Cowboys. They'll miss Trayvon Diggs, but this is a game they can win regardless of if he's there or not. I think Dak is going to have a particularly good game against an Arizona defense that hasn't been that impressive, especially wasn't impressive in the second half against the Giants. So I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. That's it. Yeah, I think I found my homework slot. It's gonna be right after the one o'clock slot yeah, of the game. I think, yeah, I can not, find time to do work. Yeah, I'm it's not. Great. I'm not watching any of these four o'clock games. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys. Um, yeah, the Cardinals are not a good football team. We've reached some of the primetime games here. We've reached the Sunday primetime game at least. The Pittsburgh Steelers going to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Steelers at one and one. Raiders at one and one as well. Steelers. Right now, Raiders are favored by two and a half points, according to what I'm looking at here. But over the course of his tenure, this is the type of game that Mike Tomlin has won. Just that kind of early in the year, gutted out game on the road. I like Pittsburgh. I think Pickett will have a serviceable game. I'm not sold on him long term. But for a one-game matchup, I like Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a classic Tomlin game. I mean, the guy's been a 500 or better coach his whole career for a reason and it is these early season games you don't got big ben anymore you don't need him in a game like this because look how poorly the raiders looked last week i mean jimmy garoppolo man he's just he's not that guy he's just not and yeah i don't think it'll be a. I think it'll be a good game in the sense that it'll be close but i think it'll be a bad game in the sense that it'll be 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter as opposed to 25 to 25 or 24 24 so it'll be low scoring I think Kenny Pickett gets a, a late touchdown, makes it happen. I like the Steelers as well. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game in the sense that I think both teams aren't fantastic, but I think they're both so kind of in that same field of goodness where it's going to be interesting to an extent. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the Raiders here, but I think these are teams – that need a coaching switch up and not head coaching for the Steelers. I think Mike Tomlin's a fine, you know, obviously one of the best coaches of our era, but that offense has been stagnant for years and they still have Matt Canada. And, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the other night, I've never seen a stadium cheer to fire a coordinator during the game. They were literally chanting fire Canada during the game, which is pretty brutal. And then I look at the Raiders. I I just think Josh McDaniels is a fraud. That's just me personally. That's my own opinion. He's not a good head coach. He's yeah. worked as an OC, but I don't think he's a good head coach. Yeah, I, I, both these teams have talent, uh, but you know, I, I just I think they need to figure out their own things, but I'm going to go with the Raiders here. 
We've moved to the Monday night time slot. Here's a game that I'm excited to talk about just because I haven't gotten a chance to really make any picks. I haven't been on NFL Friday in a little bit, so I haven't given a Super Bowl pick. I'm going to do so now because it involves a team that's right here. The Buccaneers, right? Uh, yeah, ba- Baker's <laughs> bringing them to the promise line, baby. Baker's yeah. story is starting tonight. Philadelphia Eagles at 2-0, and going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. They're also 2-0, and surprisingly so, with Baker. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Eagles by a mile. Philly favored by five points. The Eagles are my Super Bowl pick. Listen... I've heard so much about Dallas. I've heard so much on the AFC side of things about how packed the entire conference is. When push comes to shove, I want the team that can win more than one way, and I think Philly can do that as long as they lean into Jalen Hurts' strengths and they let him continue to develop as a quarterback. I love the roster they've constructed. I think Nick Sirianni is the guy for Philly long term. Do I think that there's a dynasty there? No. But could they do something similar? to what Pittsburgh has done over the last decade plus where they're around, yeah, I really do think that's where Philly is headed as a franchise. I think Roseman's put them in a very good place. Mm-hmm. Give me the Eagles to win this game, and you heard it here first. The Eagles will be winning that Super Bowl come February. Yeah, no, I mean, again, as a Giants fan, you know, I despise the Eagles, but I understand and respect that pick because, yeah, from top to bottom, they're probably the best, one of the best teams in the NFL. Um you know, I almost wish Tampa Bay still had Tom Brady and that he was good because this game would be right. really fun if that were the case. But that is not the case. Baker has looked okay the first couple of weeks. Uh, Eagles are going to dominate this game. They're favored by five. They'll win by a lot more than that. I think this will be a reality check for the Buccaneers. That hey, they're not horrible, but they're about a, they're going to be you know seven and ten kind of team this year. Yeah, I actually think it could be closer than you guys are making out to seem. I mean, I think the Eagles are still going to win, but. The Buccaneers have protected Baker Mayfield pretty well this season. I mean, he's taken the fewest sacks, tied for the fewest sacks, only one all year. So, I mean, that's kind of the Eagles thing is getting to the quarterback. They just drafted Jalen Carter, who is just a beast on the field. He's just amazing. Um, but I'd be concerned maybe if the Buccaneers had a poor offensive line, but they got Tristan Wirfs. They have, you know, a pretty solid quarterback in Baker Mayfield he's you know he's not turning the ball over he's kind of game managing and he'll make plays here and there you know he has some Baker magic in him still a little bit um I'm still thinking the Eagles but I think I think this is gonna be a one score game I think maybe a touchdown but uh, I think it's gonna be closer than people think man making it a one score game keep watching man Jalen Hurts is gonna carry them on their his back in this one Jalen Hurts super fan over here oh believe me I am a Jalen Hurts savant, one of those niche players where I'm like, okay, like I like what this kid's about. He's going to be good for a really long time. Yeah. Final game that we have to pick and discuss here, Los Angeles Rams going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Joe Burrow is day-to-day, not known if he's going to play given his calf injury. I think if he plays, I'll take Cincinnati with a get-right game to get their first win of the year. They're 0-2. If he doesn't play... I would probably take Los Angeles to, you know, eke out a win with Stafford at the helm. They're one and one at the moment. They've been a little bit surprising in my estimation. I don't think anyone thought that they would be at least kind of this competitive early. So convoluted answer is if Burrow plays, I'll take Cincinnati. If not, I'll take Los Angeles. Yeah, it's uh I agree with that hundred percent. I think if they have Burrow, yeah, they're gonna win. They need to win. This is a this is like you said, it's a get right game. You don't wanna fall down to 0 and three and then if they don't have Burrow, I think the Rams will come in there and take care of business. Uh, it's a Super Bowl rematch. Remember a couple years ago, this was the Super Bowl, uh, which 
Yeah. It's kind of cool uh, to get. I always enjoy Super Bowl rematches, even if it's a couple of years later. It doesn't um, feel like a Super Bowl rematch. No, it doesn't. I had to remind <laughs> myself of that. I'm like, oh, yeah, Super Bowl rematch. So, yeah. One more added storyline to the game. But, yeah, that's my take on it. Bengals should win with Burrow. Without, I'll take the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I completely echo what you guys are saying. I feel like it's kind of lazy, but my reasoning is that I just can't envision if Joe Burrow's playing, the Bengals are going to be 0-3. It just yeah. doesn't click in my head. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I don't know if you guys just saw this live news NFL Friday that the 49ers have extended GM and head coach John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. So, Well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved. It's kind of interesting I guess it news. took a win over the Giants to, to get them their new contracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the kicker. If you beat the Giants, yeah. you can get a contract extension. Um, no, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm taking the Bengals in this one. We've made our picks. It's been fun, gentlemen. A lot of football left to be played in this season. We'll see what happens with the Jets, the Giants, all things NFL. For Bridge Gotham and Joe Masters, I'm Colin Loughran saying so long. Be sure to check out NFL Friday on Spotify, your podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.